Hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Imperial Cup at Sandown is the highlight of Saturday's racing action and with Cheltenham just a few days away, we take another look at some of the anti-post selections for this year's festival. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's action at Sandown with Wally Pyra looking ahead to a Saturday morning meeting in Hong Kong. Well, Bill, we're almost there. We're almost at the Cheltenham Festival 2023. It's been coming around all year long. It just seems to be ticking over all the time. Not long to go now. We'll have a daily podcast going out starting on Sunday, looking towards the Tuesday's meeting, then Monday's for Wednesday, etc. So you'll have all your cards marked every day, with the Bill and myself, we've got special guests all coming on the show. Robert Whaley Cohen's going to talk to us. Tom Palin from Midland Park. No Feely is going to chat to us. He's got a couple in the um, Tuesday card. And we'll also hear from Chris Giles as well, who may have as many as three runners at Cheltenham. We'll hear from all of those people exclusively with the one-to-one interviews coming up this week. And Bill, exclusive news of course, the Supreme gets us underway on Tuesday. We've been talking for a few months now about Rare Edition, the horse that you've got in your pay-your-bill syndicate. And what's the latest news? Because I think this morning on Friday, he did a little bit of work for Charlie Longston, and the decision has been made. Yeah, well, the the, the, the work he's done is done all, all week, um, mainly on, on Monday and Tuesday. And we always said that if he was in the form that he showed pre-Kempton, we give it a go. So he's, he's scoped clean, worked well, schooled well. So the plan is to run. So all systems go. If he's, if he's fine over the weekend, he'll be declared on Sunday and wrapped in cotton wool. And then, if yeah, first race on Tuesday. Fingers crossed. How exciting is that for you? I know you've been in racing for a long time, but for mainly for the, for the syndicate members that have got a Cheltenham horse on their hands. Yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, look, whether he's good enough to win a Supreme is is open to question. But you've you dream of. I've never had a runner at Cheltenham the meeting, um, any of their meetings, let alone the festival. So um, oh. we've had opportunities to run things in the past, but we've opted against it because they're not good enough, and it's not fair on the horse. Um, but look, he deserves his place in the lineup. If he's in the same form he was in in Kempton. Um, look, he could run really well, and I'm hoping he will run well. And you know, the reins come it's it's soft ground this morning um they've got a covering of snow i believe at cheltenham and they've had um loads of like 12 millimeters of rain um mm. leading up thursday into friday and that's what's turned it soft and the snow's going to clear then they get the frost and they get more rain on monday they're expecting up to you know eight to ten mils on monday um, so it's going to be pretty hard work on Tuesday. Um, you know, the thoughts of a good ground festival are long gone. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I'd say that the it's certain to start at soft um, on on Monday, if not worse. Um, and you know, that's the ground he handled, fresh soft ground he handled pretty well at Kempton. So no complaints. Really exciting stuff to have a horse that good come along, and and you know, and he's always looked good, and he's only been beaten the once, and. That was over a longer trip as well. Uh, and speaking to you know people in in the industry, you, they always say you need to stay further than two miles for the Supreme. And, of course, you will stay further than two miles if he doesn't already. So 
that's good, isn't it? When you're coming up the hill, you need that little bit of extra in the tank. Yeah, those those kind of two, 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 three horses that we hope he is. I mean, he didn't, um, he wasn't right at Huntington, but he didn't not stay at Huntington, uh, yeah. and that was two miles three. So, two two miles was off ground. Um, you know, his his work this week has been back to. Um, the pre-Kempton form, we saw him pretty hard to pull up in his work. He's pretty hard to pull up at Kempton after the line too. And that that's an asset that um, will hold him in good kind of stead at Cheltenham if he runs all the way up the hill. It's just a class thing. Look, you, you, you know, when we got him, we joked. First time he ran at, um, when he won at Worcester, um, I turned to Charlie and I said, should we go straight to the Supreme? <laughs> Putting his leg. And it's just weird to think we are actually now going to the Supreme, a race we were joking about. And it's amazing. It's been an incredible journey. And and look, if he doesn't, if he if he doesn't disgrace himself, it'll be a real, real, um, yeah, kind of exciting thing. And and we're just looking forward to it. And how many of the owners can turn up? How many are, are going to um, be there? Do you think fifteen hundred and thirty-two at the last count? I think that <laughs> everyone's. Um, aunts, uncles, all sorts want to come and that's what it's about and we're just trying to see how many people we can get um, to come along because these are, you know, for us racing fans um, these are once in a lifetime moments you don't get yeah. a chance to have a runner in, you can get a runner in a handicap at Cheltenham but to have a runner in one of the great ones the Supreme that's got a squeak um, is is pretty kind of um, eye rubbing stuff and um, yeah, as many as many as we can get that would be great well, we wish you all the best, and we have supported uh, Rare Edition all the way through, and we continue to do that in, in the Supreme. On Tuesday, the first race, you'll hear the roar, and that'll just be Bill on his own. Well, where about the rest of Cheltenham Roar? You won't need that on Tuesday. Were you there? No, I'll and, go quiet. I'll go all kind of weird. Oh, do quiet. you? Yeah, no, uh, I get very kind of nervous, and, and uh, you know, okay. I'll, 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 there won't be much noise coming out of my mouth until late on those. <laughs> Now, you mentioned the rain, which has appeared everywhere. Some meetings actually called off going up, leading up to the weekend. Uh, we've got sand down on Saturday, Bill, and, and, and it's going to be soft there, if not heavy, if not anything at all. Is, is there any chance that it might not take place, do you think? Yeah, they, they've called an inspection for 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, if that's Saturday morning. Um, they raced there on Tuesday, and they previously watered on, the, on last weekend and Monday. Hmm. Um, for for Tuesday's meeting, and I remember watching Tuesday, thinking, "Wow, the hurdle course is a bit of a mess." Because I fancied a few in the Imperial Cup, who are decent ground horses, so I immediately changed that view because I thought it's gonna it's gonna be quite hard work. And then we've had twenty plus mils of rain over the last three or four days. It's raining again. Um, they put the frost sheets down uh, for Friday night because it's supposed to dip to minus two, and called an inspection. Um, for 8am on, on Saturday morning to see whether frost is out the ground um, when they pull those frost sheets back uh, I, I promise you I had a bowl of porridge this morning it'll be similar it'll be similar <laughs> ground it'll be really horrible it yeah. was heavy before the frost sheets went on so wow well I think we'll get if the meeting's on we'll get a fair few non-runners and um, I think we're also going to get some brutal slow-mo finishes because the hurdles course at Sandowns is always pretty tough, but this will be as tough as it can be, just just about raceable. So um, tread carefully would be the risk warning, but we'll hopefully find some mudlarks to to plough through the mud. Okay, we'll have a look at four races from Sandown in a moment. We'll also have a look at some of the anti-post bets that you've now got going with the probably new conditions underfoot at Cheltenham starting on Tuesday, of course. But we'll start 
with the Sandown, the 150, in fact, is where we're going to begin. It's a two and a half mile. It's a novice's handicap hurdle. At the moment, there are 17 due to go to post in this one. Uh, led by Cuthbert Dibble for the Nigel Twiston Davis Yard with Sam in the saddle, a winner at Leicester on the 1st of February. Crambo goes for Fergal O'Brien, partly owned by uh, Sullivan Bluster and Chris Giles in the Chris Giles colours, the purple and pink, and they've got Connor Brace riding. This horse also a winner recently. That was over at Bangor. We've got uh, the 11 horse is Etalon, who goes for Dan and Harry Skelton. Henry the second there for Paul Nichols in this one as well with twin jets and uh, others as well. So it could be a big field in, in the 150, but that's going to be ground dependent, as you say. But uh, they're going to go about five to one the field here, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the EBF final. So these horses are qualified for this. So you're going to stand your ground uh, whether, whether you actually decide on the day to put your wellies and your waders on and give it a go is is another question because there's a fair few of these that you'd have question marks over their ability to really handle really bad ground. And I can't overemphasize the heavy, horrible nature of the, the, of the ground mm. here. Uh, Crambo is a horse I've always liked, having the second run back from a wind up. I don't know whether it was the wind that stopped him um, after uh, Newbury. Um, because I backed him, I really fancied him in the shallow hurdle and he just didn't show anything. And I presumed it was the bottomless ground that had caused him to stop. But it must have been his wind um, because he's previously got heavy ground form and he was better the next time against Waspy. I think he's the most talented of these. I really do. I just have a slight concern over the trip um, with him because two miles four on this ground... At Sandown will feel like three miles, yeah. and it's just whether he is. I think he's got that touch of class, and that's not a good thing here. <laughs> I think you want that touch of 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 just grit, uh, and this is you want a horse that grabs onto the bit between the second last and the line and goes through the pain barrier, and they'll be wandering all over the place. It'll be slow mo finishes, and I'm not sure Crambo is that kind of animal, so I I probably wouldn't be keen on him. Uh, the same kind of accounts for Inniston, who's a horse that was well on my radar. Um, He's owned by Oliver Harris and tra trained by uh, Gary Moore and was obviously an expensive purchase from France. Has that terrific bit of form with Irish Point in a bumper, in a, sorry, in, an, in a point. And um, it wasn't, it was actually, a, it was a, a, a QPS conditions race in France, talking rubbish. But Irish Point, who we know is a good horse for Gordon Elliott, Inniston actually beat him. So he came with a bit of a reputation, obviously was beaten first time up in that freak race at Newbury. But he's kind of got his act together. Whether he wants really bad ground, probably wants two and a half miles, but he doesn't want this kind of two and a half miles. So he's another one that I'm just, I can't support on, on this ground. Um, I kind of went full circle here um, and ended up coming back to Cuthbert Dibble primarily because he just looks a relentless galloper. He, he won at Leicester on heavy ground. So he got beaten at Leicester on heavy ground uh, and just looked a bit slow and then stepped up in trip at Leicester and just, kept on and on and on and that was actually further two miles four and a half he looks like a horse that will relish the ground relish the trip he's on an upward curb he, the, the handicap is racing to a mark of one two five that doesn't look uh, overly punitive um i think i'll just keep galloping when plenty of others have cried enough 
And yeah, he, he got the vote for me around five to one. I think he's just pretty rock solid, but I expect a fair few non-runners on the day. Yeah, there could be another big field in the 225, which is the Betfair Imperial Cup. It's run over two miles at the moment. There are 18 of them due to go to post. The likes of Playful Saint, again for the Skeletons, who won at Leicester in December. We haven't seen him for, what, 73 days by the time Saturday comes around. Also one at Weatherby as well. So uh, it has got a bit of winning form to its name. Givega, who's uh, been right at the top of the anti-post market for this race for pretty much all the week for Gary Moore with Jamie on board, a winner at Sandown back in February. Zofany Bay, who we spoke about not too long ago, three weeks ago, I think it was. Peter Farr, he's picked this horse up. It was off from March 21 to February 23 and then was, was back pretty well in. It was a much was a quite a big price wasn't he, when going for that handicap hurdle at Ascot. It ran really well. The only uh, beaten a length and three quarters into second place there. And then we've got Iseo, who's in the Chris Gile colours once again for Nichols and Cobden. And uh, that horse ran a lot better at Sandown on the seventh of January. It had a couple of fourths before that. Looked disappointing there, but the uh, Sandown run looked pretty good. And Mon Veal is in there as well for Philip Hobbs, etc. This one is a, a tricky 225. The Imperial Cup is always pretty tricky, but you've got to find a horse that's going to love the ground, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, everything seems to stand its ground. Uh, it's it's a really competitive-looking race. And again, chewed-up ground, hard, hard work. You need something that, that'll, that'll stay beyond two miles and just keep galloping when others have cried enough. Um the top one, Metier, is definitely of interest. Um, uh, his, his price has kind of collapsed during the week. He was 14, 16 early in the week. But um, everyone remembers he won the November handicap flat on yep. very bad ground at Doncaster uh, last November. And also won a valuable pot at Lingfield last January. Um, that that kind of valuable handicap hurdle um, off a mark of 139. He kind of ground it out on heavy ground there. The ground was really bad there. Similarly kind of conditions we get here. That was off a mark of 139. He's £4 higher. It's not overly punitive. Um, he was definitely worth an interest at a big double-figure price. Whether he's worth backing now at kind of single figures remains to be seen, but he'll definitely keep going. But lugging 12 stone on, on this ground won't be easy, but um, lots of firms offer plenty of places and you can definitely have worst... Um, worst kind of each way bets um i thought there were two that kind of caught my eye i i definitely have a lot of time for playful saint um he's best price 13 to 2 at the time of recording uh for the skeleton team he just seems very effective on very bad ground he's encountered heavy ground twice and beat alvis back first time up at weatherby and then was a really impressive winner when he beat washington at leicester last time we haven't seen him since december um but this has probably been the plan Mark of 135 doesn't look overly punitive. He's got form with Love Envoy. That was a very good second over course and distance um, here in early December when he got pretty close to her. Um, admittedly, she was getting, she had a stone more, but that's still rock solid form for Playful Saint. Um, but it was just the way he, he stayed on up the hill that day that really impressed me. So at 13 to 2, he has to be the kind of win option in the race. And then I'm going to have a small each way saver on Philip Hobbs's Monvial. The horse that was fifth at Newbury in the in the Betfair hurdle behind Orkham Risk, um, that was off a mark of 130. The handicap has dropped him a pound to 129. Um, was eighth in this race last year, Monvial. Um, but I think he's a better horse than he was then. That was off a mark of 121. And 
um just got into it later on got shuffled back and um he's a he's an eight pound higher mark here but handles background um was a good winner at ascot back in november seems to have kind of improved dramatically at the age of six and i thought monvial at nines was the play so i'm gonna back those two playful saint 13 to 2 monvial nines and um yeah that they should they should be the very competitive okay that's the imperial cupboard three o'clock it's not often we get a bumper in the middle of the car because all the chase races are going to be later on in the day at sun and they've uh, organized it that way so we've got a three o'clock bumper coming up over two miles with possible nine runners going to post in this this is almost impossible i'd imagine bill to to kind of preview because they've either had one or two races or they've come from a point to point and they've won on their debuts over here casa nomento is the case one at hereford over two miles on soft going for the twists and davises good time crew uh, was second in its point to point came over one at wing canton second of february for harry fry then you got uh, larchmont last got a hood on first time paul nichols uh, this horse has had two runs for paul has been third and second so far don't you want me for fergal o'brien another one that won a point to point and then this had a couple of runs third and one at huntingdon almost impossible to drag out which ones um superior to the others isn't it yeah, it, it, it's a trappy little contest, but I do fancy one here. I do, I do fancy the Tristan Davis horse, Casa Nomento. Um, I like the fact that he won his bumper on heavy ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's point to point on, on heavy ground, I should say. Um, this time last year. And uh, came out at Hereford. They obviously waited for soft ground at Hereford and ran out a, a very impressive um, winner that day. He, he eased when, with the race comfortably in the bag. And she just looks rock solid she's she handles the ground comes here in good form there aren't the question marks over her that there are for the bulk of the others there's some nice types in here like good time crew harry fry's horse um you know she won she won well at wincanton last time um has, has to kind of build on that and this is by far the softest ground she's ever faced um she beat larchman lass who's another talented horse of, of Paul Nichols, but a, another one who's never raced on ground worse than good to soft. Um, so they kind of hold the market together. The, 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 the top three, Castanamento is the only one proven on bad ground. And mm. that's a huge plus here. She ran all the way to the line last time. She certainly wasn't stopping at the end of two miles. Um, some of these will be curling up late on. I think a few will take their chance because of the prize money. It's a decent valuable pot. So, you know, it's a listed, you know, 15 grand to the winner or whatever listed, listed, um, bumper. But wow, you, you, you just have to second guess whether the likes of kind of Jeanne Bell and, and Mercy and Omen, whether they actually, you'll, where they handle the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do like um, Casa Nemento. I think she'll be very hard to beat here. And the fact that it's a mares only, that will give you more optimism to run your horse in that race, wouldn't it? Because you're up against your own sex and early on in the career, that's always a positive. Yeah. I mean, I, sh- I should mention St. Bibiana, who actually won at heavy ground at Utox the last time. Um, but that's Kim Bailey's mare, but she's got to step up a bit to to beat the lights. She's just Casanamento to me just looks like a very smart mare who handles bad ground, and yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be I'd be keen on her chances. Well, at three thirty-five, we finally do see a horse jump over a fence. It's two and a half miles. It's uh, the novices handicap chase, and we've only got the six all the moment lined up for this one. Easy as that for Venetia Williams. I'm going to love the ground out of thought. It's uh, 
one on soft, it's one on good to soft, easy as that, with Charlie Deutsch in the saddle. No risk to floss goes here for Ollie Murphy, who's been in great form in the Diana Waitley colours, and Sean Bowen in the saddle, a winner on the soft up at Weatherby in January. Lack the Constance goes for the Skeltons, once again, Dan and Harry combining. Hudson de Grugy, they're going to go running here for Gary Moore and his son Jamie on board. And they've got Kel Destan for Paul Nichols in this one. And Baron to Middleton for Brian Ellison completes the six at the moment for the 335 bill. Easy as that's the obvious favourite. It's going to be about six to four shot um, for Venetia Williams, owned by Andrew Brooks and his family, as well as Julian Taylor and his family. I know that lot pretty well, and they're really nice people. And Andrew doesn't have many, many horses anymore, and it'd be great to see this one win. One at Haydock back in December off a mark of 126, um, having had the wind tweaked with. Really good at Newcastle last time uh, when... Um, you beat five star getaway by ten lengths. That was off a mark of one through three. Now up to one four two. You know, it's a, a big size, sixteen pounds higher than that win at Haydock. So life becomes tougher off eleven ten in these hands sand down handicaps. But look, it's going the right way. Looks the obvious one. Wouldn't be backing it at six to four because this would be the worst ground he's encountered, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um there's no reason to think he won't handle it because he's got plenty of um soft ground form and he handled heavy ground at Chepstow pretty well. Um a year ago so there's no reason to think that, that he, he, he the, the ground won't be perfect for him and one at Foss last on heavy ground too it's it's just a weight thing it's just whether um, the handicap has got him or he's still ahead of his mark I, I think he's obviously going to be very competitive there's plenty of others though Kel Dastan could run well at a big price he's another mudlark that hasn't been in great form that wants really bad ground Hudson de Grugge is probably the one I would go for around 8-1 to one. Um, he's a horse that goes well at Sandown, um, handles soft and heavy ground, one at Lingfield last December and well, two Decembers ago, I should say, beating Calico um, off a mark of 132. Um, is now dropped to a mark of 123. Um, easy as. And he has just 10 stone five here. So a stone and a half less than the favourite from a Gary Moore team that have Horses just traditionally run well around Sandown. I thought he would get my vote. I think easy as that would be hard to beat, but I would go Hudson de Grugge as a, a little small bet against him. Okay, that's the action. And Sandown, we hope it all goes ahead this weekend with the, the weather still taking its toll for us. Uh, before we let Bill go and pack up his suitcase for Cheltenham next week and get himself all ready for the, the Supreme, we've got any anti-post ideas at this later stage now that we know a little bit more about who's running and we know that the ground's going to be soft what what, what is the latest anti-post that you have for us yeah well it's obviously it, it constantly changes because of uh because of the weather forecasts um and we're going to be back next week with about four or five pages a day every day in in, in the in the physical newspaper we're going to have a podcast each day um so it's always difficult to go through too many selections now but if you ask me for a few horses now that I thought I, I kind of fancied because of the ground and I think the market may have kind of underestimated their chances mm-hmm. um, I'd say on the Tuesday um, the race I'm looking at 
probably now the rain has come the most would be the National Hunt Chase, the last race on the card, the Welchard National Hunt Chase, um, where you've got a very warm favourite in Galliard de Manil, um, who'll take plenty of beating. Uh, but Gordon Elliott runs Chemical Energy and Manila Cruno have both looked to be good ground horses against him. And I'm not sure Galliard de Manil will definitely stay. I think he could stay and he's the most likely winner, but I don't think he's definitely going to stay. I like Mr. Coffee, Nicky Henderson's horse. Um, I think he's got a massive chance. I think 11 to 1 is too big. Everyone thinks second-itis, 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 which he has. But he's going to be ridden by Derek O'Connor. He loves soft ground. He's been crying out for three miles, four plus. So three miles, six should be great. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of headgear on him. And that might make all the difference to Mr. Coffee. I just think he's overpriced at 11 to 1 in the National Hunt chase on the Tuesday and then a couple of others for you to look out for on Thursday um, and this is very ground dependent because of the rain you've got mm-hmm. the mayor's novices hurdle and where you see Nicky Henderson's got Lucia as a warm warm favourite um, but we switched to the new course on the Thursday and it tends to be a proper stayers track this and that's why in the mayor's novice if you remember last year there was a warm warm order of um uh, Willie Mullins is that that just was a Dino Blue that was a complete no show, and you want a mare who's tough and who stays really well. And I've just got a feeling that, um, and this is the Jack Bromhead mare's novices hurdle. I've just got a feeling that you wear it well. Jamie Snowden's mare, she's around um, ten to one everywhere. I think she's completely overpriced. Um, she's got terrific soft ground form. She was second to Hermes Allen in the mud at Newbury. Gallops all the way to the line. Um, one at Sandown last time where she she won the grade two beating She's a Saint uh, I just think she's a very very smart uh, mare and 10 to 1 I think she's got a fabulous chance she does have to have that carry the penalty which doesn't make life that easy but Lucia's got to carry the penalty too but I just think she's very good and will gallop all the way to the line and, and, and she would get the vote for me um, and the last one I would give you would be on the Friday the very last race of the whole meeting um, which is the the Martin Pipe handicap hurdle. Now, traditionally, this is a, a race where you get a good unexposed one from Ireland, normally from Willie Mullins's yard. Um, but Gordon Elliott often runs a good one in this, and there's been plenty of talk in the build-up about a horse of his called Imagine, who's pretty short now. Um, whether Imagine wants a complete slog, um, he's been running over two miles and mixing it with good horses and finishing second over two miles. And they, they say he's desperate for the step up in trip. He could well be, but if the ground is bad come come Friday, which it could easily be, you might want one that is a proper stayer. And Gordon runs a horse here called Cool Survivor off a mark of 140. Now he's won this in the past. He's had horses like Colin Fire that should have, should have won it. And it's in the traditionally three mile her novice hurdlers dropping back to two mile four so they stay really well and they're competitive on the back of that and this cool survivor was fourth to Goodland in the grade one last time over two six having previously been running over three miles um had won over two miles four and a half at punchdown back in october bit of cut in the ground two miles four i think he'll run a blinder and i think eight nine to one is a really good each way bet so that's cool survivor in the martin pipe So we hope that the weather plays ball over here in the UK this weekend. It certainly should be okay in Hong Kong. Chartier Racecourse, they race on Saturday this week, so you've got to get up a day early. Five o'clock is when it all gets underway. Ten race card, 
Shatin race course in Hong Kong. Our racing expert, Wally Pyra, joins us. So they brought it forward a day, which they do now and again. So um, you have to get up the right day to get some winners. How are things looking this weekend? Well, you say that. I mean, it could be like start at five o'clock in the morning and finish at four o'clock in the afternoon if you're an avid <laughs> an avid punter that enjoys a little flutter on the horses. So, mm. uh, yeah, he goes and finishes. Well, mind you, he finishes quite early in Hong Kong at uh, 9.45 in the morning UK time. So it's not too bad. Um, yeah, it's a 10-race car tomorrow. The big news for certainly for Hong Kong betters, is that their favourite jockey, um, Zach Purton, returns after a, a two-meeting uh, on the sidelines following a careless riding ban. Um, and, it, of course, it causes quite a lot of dismay to the old Hong Kong betters because they don't know who to follow then after that. Um, I mean, most people betting blindly over there and, quite, and, and with good reason because... I mean, this is a guy that's ridden 101 winners. Um, he's got a 25% strike rate out of four, 400 rides. So you can see one in four of his rides wins. Um, he's he's nearly, well, he's, what is he, 49 winners in front of his nearest pursuer, Vincent Ho. And he has, he has, he misses two meetings in Hong Kong, but that doesn't stop him jetting over to Australia to go and ride last weekend, last Saturday, and, and ride the two major Group 1 winners over there. So, yeah, Purton is different class. He's world class. He comes back, um, and it'll be interesting to see how he goes um, tomorrow. Very quickly, before I mention tomorrow's card, he did um, partner the Hong Kong Derby favourite, Beauty Eternal, in his final trial this morning. Um, it didn't do much on him, but the horse looked well, looked fit. So it's all systems go for the big race of the season, or Hong Kong's biggest race of the season, um, next uh, weekend. Hopefully, well, well, we'll, we can talk about that next weekend. Yeah, look forward to that next weekend. It should be really good, shouldn't it? Yeah. Now, looking at the card, it's a 10-race card. Purton's um, got his dance card marked in all of them. And as you can probably uh, understand, most of his horses are going to be in the forefront of the betting. I look at, I look, I'll go down and look at a few of them for anybody that's interested to see what he's riding in the five thirty. And we are talking about the early ones where we have to open our one eye um, in the bed to get up at that time in the morning. Um, he rides a horse called Laser Victory over six furlongs, one first up. He's, I would imagine he'll be odds on to uh, follow up his last success. Um, half an hour later in the uh, six o'clock, he rides a horse called Run Run Cool, who stepped up on previous form um, in this five furlong dash um, last start. It's got a big chance, but all that, but he's got this horse Juno Flash from John Size's yard to beat, who I would imagine it will be favourite. In race five, he rides another previous winner, um, Flying Mojito, in a nine furlong handicap. He won over a mile last time, and it took him all his time to get in front until the closing stages. So the extra trip is going to suit him. Um, I don't know what price he'll be. He won't be very big, but he's obviously got a big chance. 
And then one of these interesting ones. Now, this is a five furlong handicap at 7.35. He rides a newcomer called Hong Kong Court Hall. Now, this is a new uh, New Zealand bred. The sire, I mean, I hope that one or two of the UK people remember a horse called Charm Spirit, trained by Freddie Head going back a few years ago, winner of the Prix de Moulin and the QE2 stakes at Ascot. Um, the horse came over with quite a big reputation from New, Z uh, New Zealand, had got a pelvis injury, so was off the track. David Halls had to be very patient with him, giving him loads and loads of trials, all I might add with Pert on, and has improved each trial. He goes into the race, he looks very fit, he's got a good draw, and Perton's spoken quite glowing terms about this horse. So you, you would imagine he won't be a big price, but he's first up, and he's got the horses like the very fast or the speedster Cheval Valiant Forte. And I have to say Forte, um, trained by David Hayes, whose stable is in a rich vein of form. And he looks really good in condition. I've watched his track work and he looks good. And then there's the Gib Gibson-Bowman combination with Equilibrium Turbo. So all in all, it's worth watching Hong Kong Hall, but he's going to have to be pretty quick if he's going to beat those horses. Now, we come to the probably the main race of the day, which is um, race seven, the 8.05. It's the Lung, Koon, uh, Lung Kong handicap. It's over seven furlongs. It's £150,000 in prize money. It's the usual suspects are out again in force, starting with our favourite one, the Golden Scenery, Fantastic Treasure, Mistress Ascendancy, a Tullabagil, Winner Method, Amazing victory. We see these horses run every fortnight. So if you've got a favourite horse, uh, it'll be racing again. Um, it'll be a racing again tomorrow. Purton rides the horse called Circuit Stella. Probable favourite. One last time out, but gets a penalty for it. So it's not obviously not going to be very easy. He's probably going to go out in front unless the rank outside of the rock gives him grief and tries to get out and scoot in front. But when Purton gets in front, you know he's going to dictate the tempo and he'll dictate it to how he wants it and he won't be very quick. And that will be against the horses like the Golden Scenery, Mr. Ascendancy, an amazing victory at the bottom of the handicap. He looks very well handicapped on his best form. So it's a difficult one to know. I was personally favouring the golden scenery with Angus Chung claiming he's £10 on it. But my big worry is he needs a quick pace to be at his best. And he most certainly won't get it in this race. Mr Ascendancy comes um, back to the races after a, a blip last time out when D'Souza came back after the races and said that the horse hated the good to firm ground. Well, there hasn't been much rain in Hong Kong recently, so you'd worry about him. Amazing victory is another big chance, as I say. He's very well handicapped, but he does need a quick pace. So all in all, it's a very difficult race to work out or fathom out. Circuit Stella, if, if he goes according to plan, Circuit Stella will be difficult to beat, but a difficult race to play in.
Anyway, let's look at the 910, which is another um, seven furlong handicap. It's got um, Red Lion in it. Um, this is the John Size horse. He's the ultra-consistent horse. He'll be favourite with Purton aboard, I would imagine. But in opposition, he's got Chu Chow's Spirit, who ran exceptionally well first up before condition told in the closing stages behind Beauty Eternal. Thesis from the Gibson Yard. Remember, that's also the one, the Britannia at Royal Ascot. And a horse that interests me, and it could be silly, is a horse called All Riches. Now, All Riches goes off in front. And unfortunately, in his last few races, he's don't, gone too quick during um, uh, the races. And he's come back and he's finished in a heap at the end. But they've put a visor on him for the first time in this race. He's got Derek Long on it. He's probably going to lead. There's um, a horse... Uh, what uh, Mike Static that probably might give him a bit of grief up front, but uh, he may get the lead. And if Derek Long can get the fractions right, and with the visor to help him, I've just got a feeling he could run a big race. As I say, it's difficult to go against the Purton's Ride uh, Red Lion, but it's just an interesting one. All uh, all riches. And finally, in the last race, people will say they're getting out stakes. The getting out stakes is never in Hong Kong on the last race. Purton sits aboard Golden Express that hasn't been seen since he disappointed with D'Souza on um, last month. Um, but it's against this horse, Dragon's Luck. Now, Dragon's Luck on form is highly progressive. He's won three out of his four races. Um, he's a very, very smart sprinter. The only thing I would say to people who, who would want to go in strong on this horse is that Douglas White, the trainer, did go on record as saying that when he got beat, he does have to lead. Now, he's got barrier 11 or draw 11, which is not ideal, especially when he's got front runners like Super Fortune and on-pace runners like... Um, Divine Shining and Wonder Kit. So he may have a problem. So I think if you back um, this horse, Dragon's Luck, you'll probably know your fate before they turn into the straight because if he's got into the front and he's done it without them, without too much effort, too much, using too much petrol, he's got a huge chance. But if he's caught two or three wide and Bowman's had to ride like hell to get into his preferred position, You've got a problem. If the pace is very, very quick, just have a look. One of the horses that I think could run well at an each-way price, he always dashes late in his races. He's got the fastest closing sectionals of any horse in the race. It's a horse called Phoenix Light, who has to go back. He'll be ridden, be ridden coal at the back with Bedell. Bedell needs a winner. He hasn't had too many winners recently, Alexi Bedell. But he's a horse that could pick up the pieces if these horses go off too too fast. So, summarising, it's going to be difficult for Dragon's Luck to get beat. Certainly, Golden Express is a danger. But if they go too quick, then watch Phoenix Light. Great stuff. And, of course, you were saying 
It's the Hong Kong Derby coming up next week. It's a big weekend, isn't it? That'll be on the Sunday next weekend. And and that's uh, one of the biggest races, if not, as you told me, the biggest race in Hong Kong for the locals. Well, it is. It's it's the race that any of the locals, any of the owners, this is the creme de la creme. Forget about what happens on International Day. Of course, owners winning that those races is wonderful. And on Champions Day in April... They're all they're, they're big races, and obviously owners love to win it. But from the from the local point of view, it's any owner's dream in Hong Kong is to win the Hong Kong Derby, and also for the um, the betting fraternity. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing to say. Oh, I back the winner of the Hong Kong Derby today. <laughs> it is it is the big race, so it's a race to look forward to. Pertinent size will probably dominate the market with Beauty Eternal. The little Cinderella story is probably Super Sunny Singh that comes from Class 4 earlier in the season and was getting beaten with Chris So and, well, Soho. Uh, Chris So and Vincent Ho. Yeah, we'll have to call it Soho. Um, that's the Cinderella story, but mm-hmm. there are one or two interesting horses that stepping up to 10 furlongs for the first time, you could see improved form. So all in all, big race. Looking forward to talking about it next Friday. And obviously, we'll look forward to watching it on the Sunday. Yeah, great stuff, Wally. We look forward to that coming up next weekend, the big derby in Hong Kong. We also look forward to Cheltenham coming up over the the next few days as well. Four days of Cheltenham, of course, Tuesday through to Friday. We'll have a daily podcast, and the first one will be out on Sunday afternoon. So make sure that you follow us all through next week. The Cheltenham Festival will have special guests on every day on the programme, alongside myself and Bill Esdale, to preview and mark your card for what should be a really fantastic week of racing, with four days of it at least, although they probably would love to have more if they could. But at the moment, just the four days, and we look forward to all of that starting on Sunday with the first of our previews for next week. Well, that's all for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. You can follow the tips from Wally Pyra on there and daily pages from Bill Esdale and the crew looking and getting quotes from all of the leading protagonists at Cheltenham during the festival. So definitely a site worth visiting the City AM website and uh, go to the punter page or the punter podcast page there as well and you'll get all the information that you'll need for the Cheltenham Festival. You can also follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher and then you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. We'll see you for the Cheltenham Festival.